Welcome to Indie Reads Aloud, a storytelling podcast with your host, Diana Catherine Plopa. Come gather round, grab a snack, and listen to a story. Each week, we'll feature a new indie author with a story to tell. There are no long-winded interviews, no sales pitches, just stories. Most of the stories we'll tell will be family-friendly, but if they're not, you'll get fair warning before the reading begins. If you want to hear more, investigate the story notes for links to the author and where to buy their books. You can find us at dkpwriter.com. And now, sit back, relax, and listen to a story. Welcome back, everybody. We are doing another fun episode of Indie Reads Aloud. Today on the program, we have Libby Kay coming back for the second time to read to us again, because I enjoyed it so much the first time I invited her back. Thank you, Libby, for coming back. Thank you for having me again. (laughs) It's so much fun. Why wouldn't I? (laughs) I know. I love any excuse to talk books. Well, any excuse to have somebody read out loud to me. This is why I'm doing this, right? Um, So let me tell everybody a little bit about Libby. If you missed her first episode, go back in and find it and listen to that because that was super fun. (laughs) Libby Kay lives in a city in the heart of Midwest Ohio. I'm not telling you where because it's Ohio and I'm in (laughs) Michigan and we have this thing. Uh, With her husband. When she's not writing, Libby is a librarian and loves reading romance novels of any kind contemporary or regency, sweet or hot, as long as there's a happily ever after she's in love. When not surrounded by books, Libby can be found baking in her kitchen or on the road with her husband, traveling as far as their bank account will allow. Someday I'm going to do a travel log and we're going to compare notes. Oh, I love it. Because <laughs> it sounds like fun. Yes. <laughs> Today, Libby is going to read from her standalone novel called Snow in Love. This is contemporary romance. And if you're interested in how to find the book or learning more about Libby, you can check out the show notes and all the fun links are there. So Snow in Love. Christmas is Sienna Markham's favorite time of year. From the tinsel and traditions to the downtime with family, all Sienna wants is a break from training. The Paralympics are months away and she's set on winning Alpine gold. Connor Shoemaker has no plans for Christmas other than to train for the Paralympics. A motocross accident took one of his legs and all of his confidence. Connor doesn't think anything can get in the way. It can get his mojo back until he meets Sienna. Sienna was told her training would be private, but soon she learns to warm up to her new training partner. Bad boy Connor is more than meets the eye. When her Christmas plans fall through, Sienna finds the best present under the tree. Connor. Okay, this is going to (laughs) be... This is just so much fun. (laughs) 
So this is going to be a good time. Everybody settle back, grab your cup of tea, grab your cup of cocoa, enjoy this story. It's going to be a good read. Libby, when you're ready, please take the microphone and read aloud. Okay, thank you. Okay, chapter one. <laughs> Connor Shoemaker squeezed his eyes shut. If he tried hard enough, perhaps the nightmare would dissipate. Maybe if he held his breath, he could stay in the present, tangled in his sheets and drenched in sweat. But it was not going to be that easy because it wasn't some run-of-the-mill bad dream. He wasn't a child and his parents wouldn't burst through the door to hold him while he came back to real life. No, this was the most painful moment of his life playing on repeat in his brain like a double feature matinee. He gave up on sleep, tossing the blankets to the side and stumbling from bed. He knew he should put on his prosthetic leg, but with his head in a fog, he just couldn't focus. Hopping out to the kitchen, Connor poured a glass of water and leaned against the cool marble countertop. Despite the change of scenery and cold drink, he couldn't shake the remnants of his dream. The sounds of scraping metal, the feel of warm blood seeping through his tracksuit, the churn in his gut that told him life was never going to be the same. It all felt as real now as it did three years ago. Connor downed the last of his water and wiped his mouth with the back of his hand. Glancing around his condo, he searched in vain for something to divert his attention. He needed something, anything, to pull him from the past. In moments like this, Connor knew what he needed, a pet. Surely a dog or cat would know how to comfort him. Animals were loyal. They stayed when things got tough. Unfortunately for him, human companionship was in short supply since his accident. The space around him was dark, save for the blue flashing light of his cell phone. He'd forgotten it last night, left in its charging cradle. The early hour didn't stop him from checking for the waiting, checking the waiting text, and he groaned when he saw who it was from. This wasn't the distraction he wanted right now. I'm serious, Khan. Be at the lodge by the 18th. Training starts when the sun comes out. K.M. The text was from Carl Masters, one of the best alpine skiing coaches in North America. He was known for gold medals and impractical, demanding training regimens for his athletes. He'd also been sniffing around Connor since the first time he strapped on a pair of skis. A year after the accident that ended Connor's motocross career, he had bumped into Carl at a mixer for Paralympic athletes. When motocross was no longer an option, Connor started researching other sports. No matter what his body looked like now, he needed to chase that need for speed. He liked going fast on and off the course. He'd earned every ounce of his bad boy reputation and he wore it like a badge of honor. The problem now was that he wasn't much of a bad boy or a speed demon for that matter. Carl wanted to change all that with proper training. The Winter Paralympic Games were months away and Carl had his sights on sweeping the gold medals for both men's and women's alpine events. His competitive nature was known across the globe, and he'd do anything to recruit the best athletes. Even though Connor enjoyed hitting the slopes, skiing still didn't feel as comfortable as riding a bike did. His body wasn't the body he'd trained with for over a decade. Now the rules were different, and frankly, he wasn't sure he wanted to play by them. Grabbing his phone, Connor hobbled back to his bedroom and flopped onto the mattress. He was too awake for sleep, and, his mindless, and he mindlessly rubbed his leg. Even after all this time, phantom twinges happened when his brain was stuck in the past. It was like his lost limb taunted him from the beyond. Like, I need more reminders, he mumbled to himself. He scrolled through a string of texts from Carl, promising the competition and glory that had made him a star on two wheels. Connor had to admit he didn't have anything keeping him home for Christmas. The idea of staying in a closed-down ski lodge on someone else's dime didn't seem half bad, and he thought he might take Carl up on the offer. After all, what did this bad boy have to lose? He'd already lost so much. 
Sienna Markham sat at the breakfast table, her eyes blurry and her mind racing. What do you mean that training runs through Christmas? I thought we were going to Italy for the holidays. She sipped from her mug of green tea and frowned at her parents, who both looked prepared for a tongue lashing from their daughter. We are going to Italy, her mother started, keeping her gaze on her clasped hands. But you are not. Silently, her father nodded and shrugged. Opening his mouth a few times, he finally gave up on speaking and jerked his head in an odd mixture of a shrug and a nod. He looked like a defected bobblehead doll. Never one to be easily deterred, Sienna stood from her perch on the kitchen stool and stalked to the sink. She poured her tea down the drain and dropped the mug into the sink. The loud thud echoed in the too quiet kitchen. You promised me a vacation, she accused with a, point, with a pointed finger at her parents. You promised if I won gold at nationals, I could have the holidays to rest. I need the downtime. Sienna hated the whiny tone in her voice, but she didn't want to lose the argument. Also not one to be deterred, her mother kept her tone even. Carl said this is the best training slope he could get right now. The lodge is closed to the public during renovations, so you'll be alone and able to focus. You are this close, Sienna. Her mother's manicured fingers pinched together, almost as tightly as Sienna's brows. I'm not going to have you getting lazy, or God forbid, fat, while you're so close to your dream. Hoping her father would back her up, Sienna looked to him for support. You want to spend Christmas without your only child? Before her father could answer, her mother interjected. Get a grip. You're 25 years old. We all know you can handle one Christmas on your own. Her mother stood and left the kitchen. With an apologetic shrug, her father left close behind. So much for an ally. Born without the bottom half of her left leg, Sienna never felt like she was missing anything. Her parents spoiled her rotten and treated her like she was a regular kid. After a fateful family trip to Vermont, Sienna had been introduced to the joys of skiing. Her parents had bought her a sled, but it hadn't, she hadn't been satisfied. Sienna wanted to ski. She wanted to go fast. With a few modifications, Sienna had her first set of skis and was hooked. No matter her mood, gliding down the mountain always made her smile. Nothing compared to the feel of winter air on her cheeks, and it never failed to elevate her heart rate. Sienna ran her hands through her dark hair. If she were honest with herself, she would admit she was bone tired. The last 20 years of her life had been full of training and competition. Getting up before dawn was the routine. Skipping parties and social engagements was normal. It was an unofficial rule in her small social circle that inviting Sienna to anything during training season was pointless. Not only couldn't she come, but if she did manage to squeak out a few hours to herself, she never really enjoyed herself. Competition loomed and she always had to be ready. It was nearly impossible not to think about the what ifs when Sienna evaluated her life. She wondered what else there was to life. She was the golden girl of the Paralympic Alpine skiing, winning national and world competitions for the last decade. These were accomplishments she was proud of and she earned with her own blood, sweat, and tears. The only prize that eluded Sienna was Paralympic gold. Of course, she wanted to win, but she also wanted to be a normal woman, a woman who had a life of her choosing, who could eat and drink whatever she wanted, see whoever she wanted, and do whatever she liked. Even something as mundane as joining a book club appealed to Sienna, but sitting idly with a book in her hands was seen as wasted time by her mother, who also happened to be her manager. Breaking away to read a paperback was not a priority in the Markham household, much to Sienna's growing disappointment. Christmas was her favorite time of year. She loved the traditions, the escape from normal schedules and expectations. The air smelled sweeter and the world seemed a little happier when the calendar turned to December. And within a matter of minutes, her coach and parents took it all away. Sulking like a child wouldn't get Sienna her Christmas back, but for the time being, it made her feel better. Sienna walked to her bedroom and slammed the door shut, feeling a satisfying crash reverberate around her. 
She retrieved her laptop and searched for the Colorado ski lodge she was going to call home for the next month. It was nice enough, built a building in the foothills of Aspen. Although Carl was her new trainer, she trusted his judgment and suggestions. A coach couldn't build a reputation like Carl's without results. Rumor had it his house had a room dedicated to the athletes award, all of his athletes awards and accolades. And frankly, anyone was better than her most recent coach. Vlad was scary and as uh, uh, a tyrant and as awful as a Russian villain from a 1980s action movie. She shuddered at the thought of spending the holidays with that brute. Yet despite the change in coaches, recently Sienna started craving more from life. She craved normalcy and the freedom that came with being just a regular person. The same joy wasn't there as she thought about competing, but Sienna also knew she needed to try. Devoting her life to the sport only to give up at the finish line didn't sit right with her. It didn't feel like the Sienna Markham way. Her beloved uh, rescue dog, Roscoe, sauntered up to her, her, her side. Clearly, her emotional state was not pushing away her best friend. You'll miss me, won't you? Sienna asked as she rubbed behind the dog's ears, his tail wagging faster than a metronome. Good boy, she cooed. It wasn't lost on Sienna that she was more devastated to leave her dog than her parents. Pulling out her suitcase, Sienna began to pack. Because win or lose, she felt like her skiing career was at a turning point. She'd been under her parents' thumb as they dictated her every move for as long as she could remember. Where to train, where to sleep, what to eat, who to socialize with. It was all planned for her. Now she wanted to make her own plan. The future was calling and Sienna was ready to answer. Chapter two. Your room is going to be across the hall from mine, Carl said over his shoulder as he gestured toward a pair of heavy oak doors. The hallway was wide and had thick carpeting the color of mulled wine. With a quick turn of, the, of his heel, Carl pointed to the door next to Connor's room. He hesitated before saying, and this will be Sienna's room. Connor raised an eyebrow. Sienna? He didn't realize he'd have to share Carl's time, but he wasn't complaining. Despite his struggles, Connor was a social animal at heart. Having someone else at the lodge would make his training more interesting. Carl gave Connor a skeptical look. Sienna, as in Sienna Markham, only one of the greatest slalom champions ever. He paused for effect, relaxing when he saw recognition flash over Connor's eyes. This will likely be her final Paralympics, so she's trying a new training regimen. Carl, er, Connor smirked, the golden girl. Yeah, this just got a whole lot more interesting. Carl nodded. Connor had seen enough coverage of Sienna and her career since he'd started skiing. Back when he was on his bike, he never paid much attention to other sports. He started and ended, his day started and ended with his bikes and any other activity that took place on the track. Sienna was the face of slalom, but it was a beautiful face at that. As if sensing what Connor was thinking, Carl raised his hand and shook his head. Listen here, Con, you're here to ski, period. Don't get in Sienna's way because that will surely mean getting in your own way. With or without your libido, I think we need to focus on training. There was no point in arguing because Connor knew Carl was right. Connor's motocross career had been filled with women, drinking, and a lot of speed. He'd curbed his drinking since the accident, which was no small feat, but the women's situation had cleared itself up. Few women were attracted to aging, injured, former champions fighting alcoholism. But his priorities were different now. A thud came from down the hall, and Connor assumed it was his training partner. Carl skipped ahead and clapped his hands. Sienna, right on time. Walking behind their coach, Connor gave himself a moment to take in the golden girl in person. He was not disappointed. Sienna was on the tall side with a lean toned frame and shiny black hair that she kept pulled into a tight ponytail. Her cheeks were flushed from carrying her bags down the hall, but the pink hue suited her features. While he wore a standard prosthesis, Sienna opted for a blade that curved at the base. It looked fast, even as she stood still. 
They both had below the knee amputations, but Connor was certain she was born that way. During one of his early competitions, he'd watched an interview of her discussing her nearly two decade long career. Without hesitation, Sienna had discussed the birth defect that shaped her life. There was almost as much, there was almost pride in her voice, pride that Sir Connor certainly did not feel. She couldn't understand the loss and emotional devastation that came from losing something that you took for granted. Carl stepped back and reached an arm out towards Connor for introductions. Connor, this is Sienna. Turning, Carl faced Sienna, Sienna and his tone grew cautious. Connor will be training with us. He's going to do the slalom at the games as well. At first, Sienna didn't say anything. Her cool gray A's swept from Carl to Connor as she gathered her thoughts. Finally, she raised an eyebrow. My parents said this was going to be cl a closed training session. I gave up my holidays for private lessons. Her voice was even, but the chill in her tone was unmistakable. This wasn't the public's golden girl. This was the real Sienna. To his credit, Carl didn't flinch. You will have private lessons. With the lodge and the slopes to ourselves, we'll have plenty of time to train. She studied both men for a moment before finding her voice again. Her stern expression cracked into a devilish grin. She pointed at Connor with a slender finger. You're that motocross guy, right? The bad boy who's taking over the Paralympics? Her last statement was not a question, but it was a little judgmental. Connor knew she already had his number and he was quickly finding hers. And you're the ice pr princess who can't share her coach. He crossed his arms over his broad chest and smirked. No doubt he was going to have fun ruffling her pristine feathers. Carl bristled and stepped between his athletes. All right, introductions are over. He gently shoved Connor back a step and turned to Sienna. Our ses session starts in one hour. I'm getting Connor set up on Hill 5. Meet me at the list to Hill 6. Got it? Sienna went back into business mode and nodded once. She pulled her duffel bag over her shoulder and headed towards her room. Connor had to stop himself from turning around to watch her walk away. Suddenly, training didn't seem it was going to be nearly as boring as he thought it would be. Sienna tossed her bag on the floor and flopped down on the bed. She let out a long cleansing breath and tried to stop her racing heart. Connor Shoemaker was here, and he was just as gorgeous as he was in his pictures. Sienna would be lying if she said he, she wasn't painfully aware of Connor, his reputation, or his chiseled good looks. She'd, she'd have to be living under a mountain to miss all the press from his transition from, to another sport. Over the last year, he'd had nearly as much publicity as she did, and that was certainly saying something. When Connor broke into competition, the media had gone wild. Always a born competitor, he'd taken to the slopes like a fish to water. Within a year of changing sports, he'd podiumed at four events, two of them at a national level. It was impossible for Sienna not to know who he was. During her own interviews, journalists loved asking her for her opinion on him. The two were polar opposites. Connor built an entire career on making a scene. He played hard, partied hard, and from what she'd heard, enjoyed the company of more women than she had met in a lifetime. By comparison, Sienna was darned near virginal. Thanks to her parents, she kept her good girl image intact. No, she certainly was not a virgin, but she kept her personal life private and rarely did in-depth interviews. Everything stayed bland and civil. And as of an hour ago, it's how she thought she liked it. How on earth would she train with Connor? He, how could she keep her focus when she was already feeling distracted from her goal? While her competitive drive used to be her compass, it was now wearing down and making her second guess some of her choices. She couldn't find her true north, and it scared her. There were so many things she missed while she spent months on end training, working out, and honing her craft. When she was on the slopes, her friends were getting married, starting families, starting careers. Sienna had no idea what waited for her when she hung up her skis, and she was both thrilled and terrified at the prospect. A buzzing from her purse direct, uh, distracted her. She retrieved her cell and saw her mother's number. Hi, Mom, she said, leaning back in the pillows of her plush bed. 
Even under construction, this place was still pretty lush. The background noise on the phone was loud and she could barely hear her mother. Sienna, we're about to board our flight. I just wanted to make sure you got to the lodge. Was Carl there? Sienna bit her lip, smiling at the thought that her mother was in the dark on the Connor situation. Oh yeah, he's here. I'm about to grab my gear and hit the slopes. More muffled sounds through the phone drowned out her mother's voice. Then I won't keep you. Remember to keep your eye on the prize. You're so close to our dream. Her mother hung up without saying so much as a goodbye. Sienna wasn't sure why she was upset over missing the holidays with her parents, because they wouldn't let her do what she really wanted. What she wanted was peace and relaxation, no expectations hanging over her. Sienna craved lazy nights by the fire with a mug of hot chocolate, dancing lights all around her. Now, as she looked around her hotel room, she thought she might at least get the peace she was looking for. After 15 minutes of unpacking and donning her, skier, donning her ski gear, Sienna was out in the brisk Aspen sunlight. Drawing in a lung full of air, she got in the mindset for training. She raked her gaze across the scenery, and it was hard not to marvel at the beauty. There were six inches of fresh powder below her skis, and the sky was as blue as Connor's eyes. Wait, where did that come from? Sure, his eyes were blue, she thought, but why was that coming to mind now? Hey, golden girl! Sienna heard Connor's voice as he slid to a halt in front of her. He used his wrist to pull up his goggles, dazzling her with that blue gaze. They literally sparkled like, like the characters of her favorite rom vampire romance novel. Damn him. Sienna bristled. Don't call me golden girl. Do you happen to see B. Arthur standing around here? Sienna assumed he wouldn't get the reference, but she wasn't that lucky. Connor shrugged before stabbing his poles into the snow. He put his hands on his hips and said, I'm more of a Betty White fan. Sienna slid towards Connor and lifted her chin. Betty seems a little too sweet for you. Aren't you more into the blanches of the world? A glorious grin cracked Connor's face as he chuckled. Nice to know you're worried about my type. Frankly, I'm surprised you haven't, haven't, ugh. Sorry, frankly, I'm surprised you have enough time to pay attention. Don't you have a daycare center to dedicate or a puppy to rescue? Mentioning her beloved dog, dog Roscoe, brought Sienna's blood boiling. Throw in the fact that he mocked her charity work and Connor Shoemaker was officially on her shit list. I'll have you know, I like helping people. She hesitated, worrying her bottom lip. And I like animals. Who doesn't love puppies? Roscoe is a very good boy. She hated how lame her argument sounded, but she wouldn't have anyone dissing her doggo. Connor's smirk only grew. Fair enough, sweetheart. Your golden reputation lives another day. Even I can't argue with puppies. Before Sienna could come up with a sparkling rebuttal, Carl joined them. He skied to a smooth stop and retrieved an iPad from inside his jacket. With his poles hanging from his wrist, he frank frantically typed on the tablet. Connor, I'm going to email you some notes. Take a break, get something to eat, and join Sienna and me back here in two hours. He peered up through his goggles at the pair. Uh-oh, do we have a problem already? Sienna scoffed. Already? You were planning for this? Carl eyed Connor before turning his gaze back to Sienna. I haven't worked with Connor much, but let's just say that both of your reputations precede you. I was afraid we'd have an oil and water situation on our hands. And you didn't want to upset the golden apple cart, right? Connor didn't seem disappointed with Carl's opinion of his reputation. In fact, it seemed to please him. I'll get, uh, I'll go take that break. See you both later. He turned to Sienna and winked, his eyes glittering with mischief. Sienna was, uh, was so proud of herself because she didn't say a thing. She also didn't let her eyes follow him as he skied down the hill. She was a professional and she could get through a couple weeks in the company of Connor Shoemaker. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Oh Thank my God. you. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> completely different book from the last one you read for us. This is yes. fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank the you. The variety of stories is, I have so much fun with this. So, 
I'm really curious, what drew you to writing about Paralympics? That's not a mainstream topic. No, it's not. Um, I, a few years, I mean, this right, it's probably been over three years ago because it was before the pandemic. Um, I was with a group of writers and uh, I had written a couple of short stories for some anthologies we did for charity. And I had started working on this story because um, we always tried to focus on something um, like a disability or, or something mm -hmm. that was, you know, had representation. Sure. And um, I, my husband and I love watching the Olympics and we sometimes watch the Paralympic games. And when I started thinking of an idea, I'm like, that would be totally different. And I liked that. Yeah. Um, I, and I, and I like reading sports romance, which is funny because I'm not very athletic, but for some reason <laughs> I really enjoy reading them, but yeah, but I, we, I had started crafting the short story and then the pandemic hit and the anthology didn't happen, but I really enjoyed the characters of Connor and Sienna. So it was important for me to do something with this. And that's actually how I ended up getting my first ink spell contract was, um, I turned it into a novella and um, fortunately, they liked it. And, and here we are, you know, three years How later. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you have to do a lot of research for this book or or did you pretty yes. much know it? No, no, I had to do research. Um, okay. Here's another thing. I don't even know how to ski. I've been skiing once and it was a horrible disaster. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, as a librarian, I fortunately enjoy doing research. So I, I enjoyed that part of it. Well, and, and you've got all to... those resources at your fingertips. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, yeah. Use your library, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge proponent in the library. Everybody yes. go get a library card. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I enjoyed that because I wanted to make sure there's you know, it's not a lot of jargon, but there's terminology in there that I wanted to make sure I got right. Sure. So if a skier read it, they weren't like, what is this person thinking? <laughs> well, right, exactly. And, and those are the little details that a lot of authors um, overlook because mm -hmm. they're focused on story rather than believable story. Yes. Right. Yeah. I am really excited to read this novella. Thank you for sharing a little bit of it with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That was fun. You're going to come back when the next book comes out, right? Absolutely. You can't keep me away. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much for reading today. And I look forward to you coming back. Thank you. Happy reading. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to Indie Reads Aloud Radio. We hope you'll join us again next week for another story. If you're an indie author and you'd like to share your story with us, visit our website at dkpwriter.com to sign up and read aloud.